Welcome to The Growth Factor, a broadcast ministry of St. Mark Baptist Church. Today, as part of our family, you will experience the life-changing and spirit-nurturing Word of God. Please enjoy this time with us as we're committed to helping you grow in knowledge, grow in faith, and grow in God. St. Mark Baptist Church, you grow here. Hey, what's up, Growth Factor family? Welcome to the Growth Factor podcast, a broadcast ministry of the St. Mark Baptist Church here in Little Rock, Arkansas. My name is Pastor John Richards. I'm the pastor of Assimilation here at St. Mark, and I'm joined by our senior pastor, Dr. Philip L. Pointer Sr. And we're going to be jumping into a topic on this episode that I know a lot of folks got questions about. Last week, we dealt with alcohol mm-hmm. and whether a Christian could smoke, not smoke, drink alcohol and I gave you a primer on what we're going to be talking about this week which is marijuana or weed or Mary Jane or bud or the good can a Christian uh, smoke marijuana now why are we doing this because we believe and we know that it's not just black and white Scripture is not always black and white or clear on certain topics and subject matter. Uh, And this is one of those topics that it's not black and white, but it does provide us with some guidance. Um, And we'll be looking at some of those texts on this episode. But we wanted to address this because um, we know that this is something that is a reality that the church cannot ignore. Can't can't ignore it, Pastor John, because... um as we said last week about alcohol, there are believers who smoke, um, who ingest, uh, and who who use weed both medicinally and recreationally. And so, how are we to um, how are we to view that use? That's that's the question, and it's pervasive in our society. There are many states that are now legalizing it, and I don't want to get ahead of the conversation. But that's that question is on the minds of many. Yeah, a survey just a couple of years ago revealed in the survey that at least 43% of men from that survey and 40% of women have said that they at least um, partake of marijuana annually, on an annual basis. And you have to assume that there are believers who do. Yeah, I, I don't have to assume. I know some. <laughs> I know, you don't I have know, to make assumptions. I, I, know, I know a few that, that <laughs> use, um, again, medicinally and recreationally. And, you know, people, that big question, well, didn't God give Adam every tree and plant for, you know, for his good and et cetera, et cetera. And then it's just a plant. Uh, and so we need to get into that kind of conversation tonight. Yeah. And before that, I think definitions are important. Mm-hmm. And we got to be able to define terms because... When it comes to marijuana, uh, people know a lot about it. Some people know a lot about it. Some of some people might not know as much about it. So let's talk about what cannabis or weed or marijuana is. Uh, generally, it's this greenish gray, sometimes brown mixture of of dried products from a cannabis plant and its seeds, right? So it either comes from the limbs, the the leaves, the stems, flowers. Uh, you can also extract oils mm-hmm. from the plant, right? Um, and some folks smoke weed in water pipes called bongs. Mm. And we also have seen vaping mm-hmm. in cannabis culture now as well. Now, with the cannabis plant, we have to understand that there are over 400 compounds right. in that plant. Mm-hmm. Um, most people only know about two that mm-hmm. we'll be talking about. But it's very complex. Um, very the complex. The plant itself and even the medical community is still trying to figure out what to do with it. We're going to get into that, but I think it's important for us to define that. People have heard the terms joints or blunts, uh, which are these hand-rolled cigarettes that use those uh, seeds from the plant. Uh, I really want to talk about initially here the difference between hemp plants mm-hmm. and marijuana plants because mm-hmm. there is a distinction there. Uh, whenever you have a hemp plant, it contains a small degree of the psychosis, which is THC. Mm-hmm. We'll talk about that uh, in the plant. And hemp plants were used in our culture to build ropes, uh, ship sails, mm-hmm. and other items, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, on the other side, you oh, can go, go get hemp seeds from the grocery store. Yeah. And they're full of protein. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 
Uh, and on the other side of that, you have the marijuana plant, which is a can- cannabis plant that contains more than 0.3% of THC, which is a psychosis mm-hmm. that uh, leads to getting this high that we're going to talk about here uh, in just a few minutes. So the two components that I've talked about in terms of that 400-component compound in the seed and the plant itself are THC, mm-hmm. right? And CBD. John, I have $5 for you if you pronounce those words. <laughs> okay, so CBD and THC. CBD represent. is cannabinoid. Mm-hmm. Oh, wait, I said it wrong. Mm-hmm. I want Try my $5 that. now. It is cannabidoil. Okay. Okay. And then the THC, I'm going to try this tetrahydrocannabinoid. Cannabinoid. I give up. See, yeah. It yeah. is CBD and THC. My, my $5, <laughs> I say. <laughs> so, so, That's why we're using these uh, acronyms. Because yeah. So somebody on Thursday. Tell, tell us how to pronounce these words exactly. CBD and THC. That's what we're talking about. See, that's why I went to law school and not medical school because <laughs> that ain't happening. You hear me? That's hilarious. <laughs> we, we can speak Greek and Hebrew better than we can pronounce these words. <laughs> but CBD is kind of the non-psychosis component mm-hmm. or compound found in the cannabis plant, whereas THC is the psychotic or mm-hmm. psychoactive compound right. that you find that, that produces that high sensation. Right. So there's a distinction there between the CBD and the THC that we'll get into here in just a moment. Right. And so, you know, the question is, can a Christian use marijuana? Well, in what form is another sub-issue. Yeah. Uh, CBD is in stores, oils, and, and all kinds of things for pain, for sleep. Um, CBD is, is very, very common now. Um, what we what people are probably asking about is the THC yeah. use of marijuana. No, I, I don't think anybody says CBD is sinful. <laughs> you know what I mean? I don't think. I don't know. Um, but they come from the same plant. Mm-hmm. So we're not talking about is the plant bad. We can't say the plant is good or bad at this point mm-hmm. um, in and of itself. Yeah. And what we're going to see historically is that most of the ancient cultures actually grew it for medicinal purposes Mm -hmm. as opposed to recreational purposes. So we see that practice um, as early as 500 B.C. in Asia where they burned cannabis seeds and you found them in the graves of their shamans um, dating back to around that time. We also see the ancient Egyptians reportedly use marijuana to treat glaucoma. Glaucoma. Mm-hmm. Um, as well as other type of inflammation that people may have had. Mm-hmm. Uh, we saw this also in India. They created actually a drink uh, using marijuana, milk, and other ing- ingredients as an anesthetic. Mm-hmm. So the drink is actually still used in India today. Right. Uh, they have this, this myth that the Hindu god Shiva was said to have rested under a cannabis plant and ate its leaves after he had a family argument. <laughs> it's always the family argument. Listen, ain't it? listen, Shiva sounds like some folk I know today. <laughs> some of y'all are sitting under that cannabis plant right now. <laughs> and then the ancient Greeks also used it for inflammation, for ear aches, mm-hmm. for swelling. We also see the Romans around 70 AD, um, they would boil the roots of the plant and use them to treat um, gout. Mm-hmm. Arthritis, other generalized. Pl- so we see, yeah, medicinal yeah. use is prevalent in ancient culture. So anecdotally, John, um, like Paul said, I knew a man, um, whether in the spirit or in the flesh, I don't know. They, I, 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 I'm familiar with the story of a of a senior um, lady who had pancreatic cancer. Mm. Um, doctors weren't going to operate chemo and all of those things because of her age. And so her nephew, who is a medical doctor, gave her weed. Wow. Um, she began to smoke the weed, and the weed, according to this medical doctor, <laughs> was killing the cancer. Hmm. Um, so medicinally, there are historical, scientific, anecdotal there's evidence in all of those ways that there is some medicinal value uh, to using it in certain ways. Mm-hmm. Um, the question is, is recreational use hmm. permissible as well? Yeah. yeah. 
So much like alcohol, we see once the use in the ancient culture goes across the water and we see it show up in the Western context, you again have Puritans and mm-hmm. pilgrims who do not see the use of marijuana as beneficial. Mm-hmm. They used hemp yes. all day long. Yes. That's how they made some of their items in, in that culture, but they would not use marijuana. And it got to a point even worse when Mexican immigrants began to come into the States and you had this fear of what they called a marijuana menace. Yeah. Because the Mexicans were now bringing marijuana into the country for recreational use, and it used it led to them actually outlawing marijuana because they, they painted a picture of Mexicans being bad people for bringing it over recreationally. And thankfully, Pastor John, that happened so long ago that we don't have <laughs> any of those issues at all today. Don't have to deal with that. I'm, at I'm all. being extremely sarcastic, <laughs> um, but 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 yes. Yeah, so you see, the outlawing of the use of marijuana is not necessarily for her health purposes. Hmm. It is political. It is vilifying a group of people to keep them out of the U.S. away from the southern border to turn the tide of public influence. Um, or public opinion, rather, through influence saying these people are bad and they bring this very dangerous product with them mm-hmm. that they want to give to your children and your daughters and, mm-hmm. and that kind of thing. And so um, yeah. we, we see that that's where, that's where it starts. And it's, it's not until 1931 uh, mm-hmm. that it's actually outlawed. Yeah. It, and we also see kind of this pushback. We talked about worldviews and we talked about the shift in worldviews in previous episodes, but there's this pushback from the people, American people, and a lot of people see it personified in hippie culture, Mm -hmm. where they say, listen, we don't see any issue with using it recreationally, so we're gonna show up in Palo Alto Mm -hmm. and parks, (laughs) and we're gonna make smoke clouds (laughs) in the middle of Palo Alto Mm -hmm. and be hippie people who actually enjoy it recreationally. As as an act of resistance, I mean, Mm -hmm. certainly for recreational purposes, Mm -hmm. (laughs) um, but also as an act of resistance against uh, so many of the social ills. You had civil rights um, legislation being debated uh, in the public sphere. You had um, what many considered an unjust and unnecessary war in Vietnam, those kinds Mm -hmm. of tensions. You had um, the the hyper-militarization of the U.S. to compete with the Soviet Union in the Cold War, mm-hmm. and and it was a part of the resistance of those things, you know, peace and love and and flower power. I mean, the idea um, that that we're going to take this this is one of the ways we're going to demonstrate our political point of view, and they smoked it because it it got they got high too. <laughs> you know what I mean? If they they weren't suffering through it. They yeah. just they smoked because it, it, it got them high as well. Yeah. And then once we get to the seventies and eighties, this one we start to get language around uh, the war on drugs. Right. And that's I mean I could spend a bunch of time on that, but just succinctly, so Ray, Nixon, Reagan, and others began to declare this war on drugs and specifically marijuana, crack cocaine, heroin, uh, all these things became schedule one drugs and were federal offenses based on this war on drugs that was led by Reagan, continued by Bush, and I'm sorry for my Arkansans, but also continued through the Clinton administration as yeah. well. Yeah, uh, and, and, and what you had is not even an attempt. What you had was the beginnings or the outworkings of a strategy to continue to make black and brown people a second-class citizen. Um, Mm. So, I mean, if we're comparing these illegal, illicit drugs, if you have marijuana, you have cocaine, you have um, crack, you, you would see our criminal justice system inequity. Cocaine, if you have an ounce of cocaine and you have an ounce of crack, there's less cocaine in the crack than there is in the cocaine. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? But, but you get a longer sentence for crack, even though it's actually less of the drug. Mm. Why? Well, rich people could avoid, afford cocaine. It was a part of the celebrity culture in Hollywood, New York, mm-hmm. uh, Club 54, you know, disco, 
all of those things, that's where cocaine use happened. Well, crack became part of the inner, inner city culture, sold on street corners, generally from black people to black people, yeah. and it was a means to continue to lock up black men, especially to make black men second-class citizens, essentially to put them in a, um, a, a newer form of slavery, wow. um, working every day for pennies on the dollar, um, and then you come out of jail without prospects. You have to feel out uh, that you have a felony on your record. And then um, three strikes, which was part of the, um, the crime bill, that, that if you, your third strike, you go away for a long time, no matter how seemingly small the offense was. Uh, and we see so many um, families torn apart, messed up. It, is, it has been a bane on the, on the black community. Yeah. Um, it has, it has um, made the pool of marriageable men hmm. much uh, more shallow. Yeah. It affects our children. Uh, of course, when fathers are in children's lives, there are, uh, there are the better educational outcomes, better health outcomes, better behavioral outcomes. Uh, it created the myth of the absent black father, which never really actually was universally true. Um, but all of this came out of this war on drugs. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it had so many implications in society that we have yet to correct and recover from. Yeah, and the f unfortunate reality is that when it comes to black and brown people and drug treatment it's a war yes on drugs yeah but contrastingly mm -hmm. when we look at the opioid crisis mm -hmm. it moves from being a war to a crisis yes see language matters right if you're fighting a war on drugs there's a personal enemy there's an enemy if you're dealing with a crisis then there are people that need treatment and and to be rescued yeah mm -hmm. so so you even see that play out culturally in the language that's selected around dealing with drug addiction and drug issues in our country. Mm -hmm. So what we've seen over the past several years, decade or so, we've seen the conversation around marijuana shift. Yes. And shift significantly. Very significantly, John. It, it, it shifts from con being considered a gateway drug to harder drugs. So you start with marijuana, you end up on heroin. You start with <laughs> marijuana, you end up on crack or cocaine. Yeah. Um, they, that was the that was the threat. Oh, don't smoke it. I, I remember when we were in my childhood and we were kids. Um, episodes of sitcoms would have somebody would have grass. You know, Theo had a joint in his textbook uh, that was put there by a classmate. Um, different strokes. Mm -hmm. um, Willis was smoking grass <laughs> on yep. one of those episodes yep. of Different Strokes. So it was bad, 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 bad. But now it has shifted drastically mm -hmm. to becoming common and good and acceptable. And there are states that, that it is fully legal for mm -hmm. recreational purposes. Mm -hmm. um, famously first, Colorado. Yep. If you walk around um, the D.C., Maryland, Virginia area now, not so much Virginia, but D.C. and Maryland, Man, whenever I go home, there's a, <laughs> there's, there's a cloud of smoke hanging over the entire area, just about because mm -hmm. um, because medicinal and recreational use uh, have been um, have been allowed. So mm -hmm. um, it the, the conversation has has shifted tremendously in these last several years. Yeah, and this is where I get to put on my lawyer hat. Um, mm -hmm. I don't get to put that on very often <laughs> in pastoral ministry because people ask me, hey. Is, is it legal or is it illegal? And the answer is both. Yep. It's yep. illegal and legal at the same time. Right. And let me unpack that just a little bit. Now, federally, marijuana is illegal. It is still a Schedule One drug alongside heroin and crack cocaine. Mm -hmm. At the state level, you have at least 18 states who have legalized it recreationally and 38, 37 or so, that have legalized it for medical marijuana purposes. So how is it that states could do this when federally it's illegal? Well, there is a principle in our Constitution called police power. Mm -hmm. The police power is reserved to the states. So there are things that the federal government can dub or deem as illegal that it chooses to ignore mm -hmm. and the state resultantly has police power of, over it, and marijuana has become one of those things that has become less a, a priority for the federal government, even though 
is still illegal federally. Right, right, technically. And so, you know, there's the debate about whether or not to change its status legally. Does the federal government need to do anything about that? You know, that's a that's a conversation for another type of podcast. <laughs> what we're trying to get into now is, okay, if it's legal in the state or if it's illegal in the state or whatever, can I, can you do it? Can you, you with the vape in your hand right now, you're asking, am I sinning? Should I ask God for forgiveness yeah. <laughs> for, for what I'm doing right now? So, so John, let's, let's. We got. Let's look at the Bible. Yeah, yeah. Let's look at the Bible. Ultimately, yeah. asking is there biblical warrant mm-hmm. for this, right? Mm-hmm. So we're going to start where we generally start most of our episodes yep. and sessions, and this is in the beginning, mm-hmm. um, in the Old Testament, in the Book of Genesis. And 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 John, let me just I mean give people some context. If you if you follow the the, the studies and, and and podcasts, and you say well, they always turn to Genesis, it's always in Genesis. Well, Genesis is the is the book of beginnings, and Again, we talk about the law of first mention. When you read, study any subject in the Bible, you want to go to where it is first mentioned because that sets a precedent for how the rest of the Bible is going to discuss it. This is, this is critical because what you have in the early parts of Genesis are God's original intent for humankind and the world. And so we're reading God's original intent when we read these kinds of passages. Yep. And this is uh, the beginning of creation as Mm -hmm. God is laying out his creative landscape, so to speak. And we're going to see in verse number, I'm going to read verse 11 here. Mm -hmm. Genesis 1. Genesis 1, verse 11. And God said, let the earth sprout vegetation, plants yielding seed and fruit. Fruit. Trees bearing fruit, which is their seed, each according to his own kind to the earth. And it was so. Now, listen, you have to assume there that among the plants that God created in the beginning Mm -hmm. is cannabis. John, it has been misnamed. There is a misnomer, the devil's lettuce. Hmm. Hmm. The devil doesn't have any lettuce. (laughs) He doesn't have creative power. Yeah. God made all. Mm. God created all. Yeah. Yeah. And then when he comes to create mankind on day six, he says to this to them about what he has created um, and vegetation. He mm-hmm. says, and God said, behold, this is verse 29. I've given you every plant yielding seed that is on the face of the earth and every tree with seed in its fruit. You shall have them. For food. Well, that settles it. We're done with the podcast. It's over. It's good. All over. God gave it to us. Wouldn't that be wonderful? Right. <laughs> well, there's more Bible, though. We got more Bible to talk about because some of y'all turned it off. And right. said, That's, you want to turn it, it off right now. Say, it's it's good. God said it's good. It's over. <laughs> and then he does turn around and declare creation mm-hmm. good Yes. at that point, right? Mm-hmm. But let's talk about that goodness. Yes. And the context around that goodness. This is this uh, Hebrew word tov mm-hmm. for good, right? It has these two senses in Genesis and in the Old Testament as a whole. There's this first, this strong moral meaning mm-hmm. of goodness, right? Mm-hmm. That like right. Yeah. This is this is right. Something's right in mm-hmm. the eyes of God, right? Mm-hmm. And then secondly, there's this good for utility, for use, for effectiveness, mm-hmm. something to be used, like any other good gift. Um, all these plants here are to be utilized for the purpose that they were created. Yeah, yeah. There's a utility component there, right? And, and, and then, Pastor John, there is an aesthetic component to the idea of good, mm-hmm. that it looks good, that God creates these varieties with these capacities and abilities, these plants that have capacities and abilities um, for humankind to benefit and God says, I like the way that looks. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's, that's the, what the text is really getting at is that there's this aesthetic beauty, there's this utility that comes of these things. Mm-hmm. So we can't take this particular text Mm-mm. and say of it that God approves of marijuana usage 
because he gave it to Adam and Eve yeah. for their food, quote unquote. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, it, it's, a, it's an overreach. It's an interpretive overreach to try to justify marijuana use from this passage. Yeah. You're talking about a passage that describes a pre-fall expression of creation based on ideal God's intent that does not have sin as a factor in the world. Mm. Mm. And when sin comes into the world in Genesis chapter 3, then there are aspects of the creation that suffer from the fall. Mm. And, and, and that, that part cannot be overlooked. I can't overstate this, y'all, enough. Um, the, the redemptive work of Jesus Christ is not trying to get us back to Eden. It's trying to get us forward to the New Jerusalem. And so we see God's intent, it informs God's purpose for these, these things that God creates, including these plants um, that are for humankind's benefit. But we have to grasp and look at them through the lens of our own sinfulness and the redemptive work of the Lord Jesus Christ. Hmm. I cannot say Oh, if it's on the earth, I can use it how I want to use it. Yeah. Because that ignores my weakness as a flawed being mm-hmm. and my need to be redeemed yeah. and controlled by the Holy Spirit. That's good. Yeah. That's good. And what, what we found or what you, you will find when it comes to marijuana and the Bible speaking directly to it, this is why this is part of the series, is the Bible does not directly address marijuana usage there is no verse in the bible that says smoketh or smoketh thou not (laughs) weed or marijuana it it does not say it does not comment on it either way yeah but there is guidance around similar matters from which you can draw inferences Mm -hmm. Um, even though there's not a black and white reference in scripture there's things that we can draw inferentially from text that will help us to understand it. And we're gonna go straight to New Testament text in 1 Corinthians. And we mentioned this in the last episodes, but we really gotta understand Corinthian culture Mm -hmm. as we take a look at this text because uh, Paul uses language around temples and things like that. And the truth of the matter is, is that there's a large temple in Corinth that the people would think about as he's writing to them yeah. a temple dedicated to a cult of prostitutes. Yes, Aphrodite. They worshipped Aphrodite in Corinth, um, who was purportedly the goddess of love in Greek culture and Roman culture. Um, her, her Greek name is Aphrodite. Her Roman name is Venus. Um, and they worshipped. How you went to worship, John, is that you went... Um, and you gave an offering to the priestess, and then you had intercourse with the priestess. Mm. It was essentially a brothel. It yeah. was a it was a it was a house of ill repute. It was a house of prostitution. What you did is you went and you paid money. You had sex with with what they called a priestess, <laughs> and it was common. Now here's the thing about Corinth. It's also located on this isthmus. You know this one thin strip of land between two um, large uh, land masses and two bodies of water. Mm. It was a port city, a lot of trade, a lot of visitation. It was a metropolitan city, upbeat. It's kind of like some some <laughs> folks want to go, you know, live in New York City, L.A. It, it had that kind of feel and vibe. And so it was very laissez-faire in terms of, you know, you practice what you practice, I practice what I practice. But, you know, I kind of like what you practice over there. I mean, Aphrodite, I wouldn't mind. I wouldn't mind worshiping Aphrodite a little bit. I've been on the ship for a long time. You know what I'm saying? It was that kind of place. And, and within that kind of cultural milieu, um, in fact, John, the word Corinth became a descriptive. Corinth uh, right. became a descriptive that came to mean sinful. Hmm. <laughs> it, if, if you wanted to describe somebody as sinful, you'd be like, you old Corinthian. 
<laughs> you ain't nothing but a Corinthian out. <laughs> so I laugh at churches that say First Baptist or, or First, First Corinthian Baptist or right. New Corinthian. I'm like, are you really over there? <laughs> <laughs> but but that's the cultural milieu. That's the cultural milieu. And within that, there's this small upstart body of Christian believers that's trying to to follow Jesus mm-hmm. in this very very pluralistic um, and 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 morally uh, ambiguous culture and society. Yeah. And and there's not only sexual immorality going on outside of the church mm-hmm. in that cultural mm-hmm. expression. Mm-hmm. Paul is writing to a people where it's happening inside the church. It's happening in the church. And this is one of the reasons and the the reason for his letter to the Corinthian church was yeah. that this is happening. Yeah. Yeah. And you you all are acting. He he's going to say early on, you're carnal. You, mm-hmm. You're carnally minded, so you you're you're alive spiritually, but you're acting like you're not. You're acting just like the culture around you, and in that, an indictment mm-hmm. on those of us who claim to be followers of Jesus Christ that that there is no distinction between the Christian and the culture. That is tragic. Yeah, and, and they were they were doing things that were not illegal, right? But Paul is going to say. Even though it's not illegal, I want you to ask this question. Is it beneficial? Is it beneficial? Yeah. yeah. And, and that's what we see here in 1 Corinthians six twelve. He says, all things are lawful for me, mm-hmm. but not all things are helpful. Helpful. I love that old King James expedient. Expedient, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what, what, what does it expedite? Yeah. What does it bring about? in my life, what does it facilitate Mm -hmm. for me? Yeah. And he reiterates that point. He says, all things are lawful for me, but I will not be dominated by anything. I'm not gonna let anything to dominate my life, Mm -hmm. Um, even if it is lawful, even if it is something that I could do legally in this culture, Mm -hmm. I know that there's something bigger than this culture that I answer to. And and that, that use of the term lawful is cultural and Christian it could also not have to be a sin Mm. to not be beneficial to me. Yeah, yeah, that's good. Yeah. And then this next verse is in quotations. Mm -hmm. So Paul here is quoting something that is well known in this culture. Mm -hmm. They say this, food is meant for the stomach and the stomach for food. Basically saying, if it's there, use it. I get to use it. Yeah. Hey, hey, if it, if, if it feels good, do it. You know, mm. Um, mm. Uh, um, live your life. Can't nobody tell me nothing. If it's there and it's not hurting anybody, <laughs> it's not hurting anybody. That's what you say, don't you? Yeah. Who am I hurting? It, that's, it's just me. And then look at Paul's response. And God will destroy both and the other. Yeah. Yeah. Food is for the stomach. The stomach's for food. And he says, and, and God will destroy both one and the other. Yeah. The body is not meant for sexual immorality, but for the Lord. And the Lord for the body. And God raised the Lord and will also raise us up by his power. Do you not know that your bodies are members of Christ? Think about the weight of mm. those words. Your bodies are members of Christ. Shall I then take the members of Christ and make them members of a prostitute? Paul says, exclamation, never. So listen, that idea of members is, we're not, the translation doesn't give us the weight of it. It's, it's covenant. It's unbreakable connection. Mm-hmm. Your body is unbreakably tied to the, he's talking about the physical body of the Lord Jesus Christ. That's why he says mm. the Lord raised him up. He's talking about Jesus' physical resurrection from the dead. You have a promise of that same physical resurrection. Mm. Your physical body and Christ's physical body are intrinsically tied to, or are, are, are tied together in essence because your faith makes his resurrection mm. a prototype of yours. That's good. That's good. Yeah. That's good. Yeah. And then he says, or do you not know 
that he who is joined to a prostitute, again, that cult of prostitutes that we talked about, mm -hmm. becomes one body with her. For as it is written, the two will become one flesh. But he who is joined to the Lord becomes one spirit with him. Flee from sexual immorality. Every other sin a person commits outside the body. But the sexual immoral person sins against his own body. Or do you not know that your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit within you, whom you have from God? You are not your own, for you were bought with a price. And he closes it with this. So glorify God in your body. He's saying you may have this freedom, but there are times where you can use that freedom to be enslaved or mastered by the very thing that you're using to express that freedom. Yeah. Yeah. And in this case, it's sexual immorality. Right. And I would argue when we're talking about marijuana and it not it being legal, there's a freedom component there mm -hmm. and that there are people who could get to a place where they're mastered by that thing. Mm hmm. And that temple theology that we see here in this text really comes into play. Absolutely. So, so the idea is, is that you, you can be free, if it's true that you are free, mm -hmm. to do everything with your body, then a gospel-centered life says, I'm free to do everything, but when I do it, is God being glorified by it? Yeah. So it, it, it's not that I'm afraid of God. He's not trying to put the fear of God in me. He's trying to bring the love of God out of me. That's good. And that's how we need to think about these ideas. So is it a sin is not really the question. Uh, that's not know. the most important part of this discussion. The most important part of this discussion is how is God glorified mm. if I do this? Yeah, that's good. So Paul also goes on in chapter 10, and we want to look at that briefly mm -hmm. as he's addressing this idea of meat sacrifice to idols now let's talk about that just a little bit in Corinth uh, they were Gentiles mm -hmm. uh, they were folks who were not Jewish folks and there was this cult there and they had to have sacrifices yeah so, um, many many of the many of the Greek pantheon of gods um, and gods in other cultures as Israel would would offer animals um, now the law of Moses said you were not supposed to eat meat if the animal was sacrificed to it to an idol god. Mm. So you can't go get that piece of steak. You cannot go get um, that that fillet or the, even though it's just butchered meat. In actuality, the law says because law of Moses says because it was butchered in the name of an idol, you can't eat it. Well, Paul comes along and says, well, the gospel has shifted that thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. it really has. And there's an economic piece to that mm -hmm. that folks generally don't realize is that meat sacrificed to idols was on clearance. Listen. It was listen, cheaper. Listen. Listen, listen I'm going to get that sale. Listen, Doc. <laughs> listen, that pork chop was much less <laughs> than, than getting it from the farmer himself. You know what I mean? Because it passed through the hands of a priest and, a, and, and that butcher. And, and listen, it was, they literally hung it out on these kind of hooks in the marketplace. And you just went by and you grabbed it. Now, here's the thing. What Paul is going to address, and I'm getting ahead of the reading, mm. but what he's going to say is, it's just meat. In fact, you don't even have to ask because don't, yeah. you, you don't even have to ask where did this meat come from. It's just meat. Mm -hmm. That's Paul is saying. But there's a caveat there. Yeah, you're yeah. right. Yeah. So, so 1 Corinthians 10, 23, again, we see the quotations. All things are lawful, but not all things are helpful. All things are lawful, but not all things build up. Let no one seek his own good, but the good of his neighbor. Eat whatever is sold in the meat market without raising questions on the ground of conscience. Mm -hmm. For the earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof. Yeah. And he's going to talk about social customs. Mm -hmm. If one of the unbelievers invites you to dinner and you're disposed to go, eat whatever is set before you without raising questions on the grounds of conscience. But if someone says to you, this has been offered and sacrificed, then don't eat it for the sake of the one who informed you and for the sake of conscience. So there's a dual purpose mm -hmm. there mm -hmm. for the sake of that person, mm -hmm. because they may see you now as a Christian who is 
potentially worshiping the idol, mm-hmm. and then your conscience may be seared enough for you not to eat it. That, yep. That's a situation where you don't. But in general practice, don't ask. Don't ask because it doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. What makes it, listen, I say it all the time, Pastor John, I'll say it again a thousand times. It's not the origin of a thing, it's the use. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it, it is how we use it. And if eating it is to honor an idol, Paul says, don't do that then for yeah. his for their sake. You know it's just ribs, but they need to know that as a believer, there is only one living and true God who has manifested himself in the person and work of the Lord Jesus Christ. And as a necessary part of your Christian witness, mm-hmm. you're not going to hell for eating it. You're not going. <laughs> you're not going to be afflicted by by because you uh, by God because you've eaten it. But so they can see the difference. So you're saying the same, the things that I say and do could have impact on the people around me. And listen to them explicitly. And I know we're talking about marijuana, but I'm going to stand up on the soapbox. Verse 24 again, let no one seek his own good but the good of his neighbor. This mm-hmm. is the verse that should settle the mask issue. It should. It should settle the vaccine issue. I'm free. I, I have liberty. I, I should be able... I, which are and, very and, Americanized words. And, and people's idea is, well, everybody should be able to do what they want. No, because mm-hmm. it's a communicable disease that can spread from one person to another. And therefore, if I'm going to be a follower of Jesus Christ, verse 24, should guide how I'd live my life in those ways. Not seeking my own good, but the good of my neighbor. Yeah. Not, yeah. I don't wear the mask to keep me from being sick. I wear the mask to keep you from being sick. Mm-hmm. In the same way, Paul is saying, if I, if I can eat everything because God made everything. Yeah, that's been settled. But if it's going to make that person think I'm cheating on my God with their God, mm-hmm. I'm not going to eat it. And that's what he says in verse 31. Yeah. Whether you eat or drink or whatever you do, do all for the glory of God, mm-hmm. which means the glory of God includes how I treat my neighbor yeah. or how I view my neighbor. Mm-hmm. So that him telling them whether you do this. Make sure you consider the folks around you. And, 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 and so I want to, I wanna, I pray that, that I'm not violating the Spirit's instruction. I want to mm-hmm. read this verse with a point of application. Mm-hmm. I'm not saying it's the revelation of the verse. I'm saying it's a point of application. Whether you eat or drink or smoke mm-hmm. or whatever you do, yeah. do all to the glory of God. What, how is God glorified? when you ingest, imbibe, consume any of these products. Hmm. What, what is, where is the glory of God involved in this? Yeah, that's a, that's a good poignant question that many of us need to consider. Mm-hmm. Um, so let's look at Romans 12, mm-hmm. another Pauline text, right? We're going to look at the first couple of uh, verses here. Um, He says to them, I appeal to you, therefore, brothers, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies as a living sacrifice. Again, that body, that soma Mm -hmm. in the Greek language, right? Holy and acceptable to God. Why? It's your spiritual worship. Mm -hmm. Or King James says, your reasonable service. It's what's reasonable. Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind, that by testing you may discern what is the will of God, what is good, what is acceptable, and perfect. Mm -hmm. So so we see that this living sacrifice language around here is also a tie to discerning Mm -hmm. or discernment later in there, right? Mm -hmm. So as we present our bodies as a living sacrifice to God and we consider this marijuana issue uh, we really need to discern that question that you asked yeah um, whether or not this is the will of God what I'm doing with my body uh, whether I'm eating or drinking or smoking mm-hmm. um, is the will of God that we find here in this text that makes my service reasonable through me presenting my body as a living sacrifice and Pastor John I got to read the, the verse that precedes this to put it in in a, in a, in a more clear context of what we're talking about yeah Chapter 11, verse 36, for from him and through him and to him are all things. Hmm. 
to him be glory forever, forever, amen. And then the next thing yeah. is, I'm therefore, <laughs> yeah. you present your body. Yeah. Because he, he's wrapping up this great, incredible mystery of salvation for all humankind through Jesus Christ, that Christ has made it possible for the, for the persons who are part of the natural um, um, uh, biological uh, nation of Israel, ethnos of Israel, to be redeemed and then for all of the world, all are guilty, but all can have grace. And God has done this. God has been, this is what God has been working on all throughout uh, redemptive history from uh, before Adam's fall. Yeah. And, and he's done all of these things for his own glory. And now that you understand that, <laughs> you should be a willing participant in continuing to reflect the glory of God, and here's how you do it. Hmm. You think about God's mercy toward you, and you say, God, whatever you want to do with my body, you can do. Yeah. And he says, I mean, I like ESV says spiritual worship, mm -hmm. but I, I really like the hone in on the fact that this is reasonable. Reason. It just like, makes sense. <laughs> this is the service that you should reflect mm -hmm. once you understand the truth that I just told you all. Mm -hmm. So that this conversation doesn't become another garden conversation where I'm limiting your freedom. Right. I've given you all this to enjoy. Mm -hmm. And I'm asking you to present your body as a living sacrifice which I believe is your spiritual worship mm -hmm. and your reasonable service. Yes, 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 indeed, indeed. So uh, let's talk about another Pauline text in Galatians that really approaches this from a practical perspective and truly grateful for your brother teaching on the fruit of the Spirit. Mm -hmm. A um, couple of a month ago, mm -hmm. and so we're going to talk about Galatians chapter five, verses twenty-two through twenty-five. But I want to start earlier than that. Let's go to sixteen. I'll just read that whole thing. Uh, but I say, walk by the Spirit, and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh, for desires of the flesh are against the spirit and the de desires of the spirit are against the flesh for these are opposed to each other to keep you from doing the things you want to do but if you're led by the spirit you are not under the law now provide some context galatians yeah. is a book of paul's frustration yes yeah, oh, yeah. i mean the, the, he is clearly laid out the gospel is by grace alone mm. through faith alone in christ's work and somebody sneaks in behind him mm -hmm. and tells the galatians hey guys actually you have to become a jew too mm. so you have to go get circumcised you have to start keeping the law of moses because jesus saves but moses keeps Hmm. <laughs> that was their gospel. And Paul is Paul hears about this and he's like, what? <laughs> Wait a minute. I, yeah. I was I was very clear. Hmm. Let me remind you of the things I already said yeah. that you've already believed that you should already know. And 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 Pastor John, I have to admit that there are times when I feel that same <laughs> kind of way. I just I just said this. I, I just, just told you this. I, you know, I teach on something. We teach on something. We talk about a thing, and then somebody posts <laughs> something about it. We tell them manifestation in of God. And next thing, I'm manifesting my next job. I just talked about this. We just, we talk just talked that. about it. So this is it's what crazy. Paul. This is the whole book of. Galatians. As a matter of fact, he couldn't even get through his customary greeting no, in no. the beginning in the first chapter. <laughs> he, just, he was like, "I'm not even going to greet y'all the way I usually do." <laughs> yeah, yeah, ha, ha, ha. What are y'all doing? <laughs> that's what, he's, what is wrong with y'all? That's really what, that's the tone of it. What in the world is wrong with you? Yeah, yeah, because these Judaizers have come in to mm -hmm. try to get them to keep the law when he's taught about grace mm -hmm. and God's faith in Christ through faith. Mm -hmm. um, that is the grace of God, not of works, yeah. lest anyone should boast, right? So yeah. now we see what he's saying is the works of the flesh in verse number 19 here. Now mm -hmm. the works of the flesh are evident, sexual immorality, impurity, sensuality, adultery, sorcery, enmity, strife, jealousy, fits of anger, 
rivalries, dissensions, divisions, envy, envy, drunkenness, orgies, and things like these. Now, in that list, among orgies, there's things like jealousy, mm-hmm. envy, mm-hmm. like things that people feel like are just wait, 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 fits of anger. Yeah. Uh-huh. Oh, I'm just, I'm just hot blooded. I just I just got a temper. Don't push my buttons. That is just as bad as orgies. As orgies, according to this, That's according cool. to the Bible. Yeah. One more. Divisions. Uh-oh. Us four and no more. I don't like y'all. Did you hear what she said about you? If I were you, I wouldn't take that. Mm. Why y'all still doing that? Why y'all still going there? What's going on with that? What's what y'all mm. being divisive? is the same kind of thing. Yeah, and he says, I warn you, as I warned you before, that those who do such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. But he gives them hope in the contrast. He says, but the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Aha. Self-control. Aha. <laughs> self-control. Against such things, there is no law. And those who belong to Christ have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. So here we see in this text that self-control is listed as what we have come to know as the fruit of the Spirit. Mm -hmm. And when it comes to marijuana and marijuana's use, um, and the inhibitions that we know scientifically happen through marijuana usage, uh, science self-control has to be contained in that conversation, right? Yeah, so the Bible doesn't directly mention, Pastor John, we, we just said, it doesn't say anything about you shall not smoke marijuana. Mm-hmm. What it does say is that walking in the Spirit, being led by the Spirit, being, being yielded to the Spirit, involves you having self-control yeah and there's proverbs says a person without self-control is like a city whose walls are torn down Mm -hmm. you you, they they are available for any attack the question is can i do this and glorify god can i do this and have self-control So I I would say this uh, just to make sure folks understand the distinction that we're making here, and that is that insofar as there are medicinal benefits and that there are proven medicinal benefits, uh, we do believe, and I do believe, that usage of CBD uh, and other means to help alleviate pain, inflammation that are prescribed by a doctor or for medicinal purposes, that that is something that we can clearly say is allowed. Now, the other piece yeah. that we really need to talk about is the recreational use of marijuana. Because recreational use of THC is certainly towards an end of getting this high. Yeah, That really is a psychosis that pr- studies have proven has impact on you neurally. Mm-hmm. Um, so the question then becomes, you know, are we doing this um, to benefit ourselves from a medicinal perspective or from a recreational use perspective? I've seen uh, folks who have had seizures, grand mal seizures, who use CBD mm-hmm. and have been um, prescribed CBD, and those seizures have gone down. Now, mm-hmm. doctors have said that the short-term benefits are that are good. They still have to do research around it because it's still illegal. So the federal monies that are going to research around it are not there. Mm-hmm. But certainly there are benefits there medicinally. Yeah. And even with the CBD industry, I think some of it is just piggybacking off of that mm-hmm. because research has shown you need at least 100 middle, milliliters for it to get into do your something. system. Yeah, it's got, yeah, you need a lot to do something. Yeah. So they sell them in five milliliter bottles. <laughs> right. You're going to do a drip, a drip. <laughs> right. I mean, it's really not going to do much for you. Right, right. But I think for medicinal purposes, I think we both would say that this is something that could be utilized. Yeah, way. and I, I, I want to be very clear that, that there are substances that we take very frequently 
that also have long-term negative effects. You can only take but so much acetaminophen, Tylenol, before it starts affecting your liver. Um, naproxen, Aleve, you can only take so much of that mm -hmm. before it starts affecting your organs, um, putting a hole in your stomach. <laughs> you know what I mean? Um, so, so in all things, we should be mindful and careful and 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 lean toward moderation and and use things um, sparingly um, and and legitimately on an mm -hmm. as-needed basis. Just gen that's just a general. That's how we should live our life. Period. With any substance that we put in our bodies. Um, I would say there's there, there's no difference, distinction in that kind of concept. Same thing with opioids. Um, some people have extreme pains. If you had a surgery, they prescribe it to you and then you have to stop it um, because it can become addictive very, very quickly. I tell the story all the time. I had a surgery in 2015 and they put some Dilaudid directed directly in my veins. Mm -hmm. And John, if they had left the port in my veins, I'd be walking up and down the street now. Um, but so all of these things, and I would, it was less than a week, and I was like, "Woo, this is good." Wow! It's all of these things have have. We should be cautioned. Mm. <laughs> we should have. We should be. We should be careful with all of them. I would say, from a medicinal point of view, mm. absolutely, as needed, as it helps, with caution. Mm. Um, then, then yeah, yeah. I think I think that that's something. Um, that we can legitimately say is is not just not a sin. It if it's beneficial to you, then absolutely. Yeah, yeah. And I'm, I would say, although we're grateful for the marvel of modern medicine, we really cannot utilize that to excuse our sinful behavior. Right. Um, you know, these are, we're talking about medicinal purposes. These are doctors, physicians who know the neural capacity that folks have who are prescribing this stuff. Mm -hmm. And even they will admit that they haven't done enough research to know the long-term benefits. Mm -hmm. So I think that as believers and as Christians, we have to, you know, be careful thinking beyond our capacity. Right. Um, and it goes back to the issue you were talking about with masks and vaccines. Everybody's a doctor now. Man, you didn't pass eighth grade earth science, and you, you, I don't know what's in it. You don't know what's in the McDonald's hamburger either. <laughs> you, don't, you, don't, you don't know what's on McDonald's fries. If I told you that McDonald's puts beef flavoring on the French fries, I just taught you something because you didn't know that. <laughs> you didn't know. I just told you. You don't know what you're, most of what you put in your body unless you grow it yourself, unless you raise the animal yourself, you're trusting someone else yeah. who knows better than you or is trained in a way you're not trained um, to identify those things. And so that's the same kind of way we should approach this. I believe God gives people wisdom. God gives humankind the capacity for discovery, um, experimentation, and scientific um, 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 expansion. I, I believe that that is a gift of God that we should not ignore and that we should trust those who are in those fields and do this work with the caveat that they are human and flawed and it and what they say is a conclusion today might not be a conclusion tomorrow mm. and it doesn't mean that they have any ill intent science just continues to move on and on and on that's mm. that's that's how I think we should approach that entire idea yeah well as y'all can see it's not just black and white, it's but hopefully we were able to unpack some of the intricacies of the marijuana conversation, especially as it pertains to Christian practice and thinking through self-control, uh, restraint, and also something maybe you not may may not have thought about, but loving your neighbor well. Yeah, uh, in that process, I think it's something that we all need to think through. Uh, not just around the marijuana conversation, but any practices that we may have that may cause other people uh, to either fall away from the faith or consider us to be hypocrites. Yeah. So, yeah. I, John, I just want to be very clear. I cannot use the Bible to tell you that marijuana is a sin. That's not, that's not what we're doing. Mm -hmm. We're not trying to tell you inherently it's a sin. In fact, I think we've worked hard to say that's not what we're saying. <laughs> But to be very clear, what we're saying is, however you use it, 
Mm-hmm. It needs to be glorifying to God. Yeah. And mindful of its impact on the people around you. Yeah. And so that's a conscience issue for you. How can how are you glorifying God with your body? How are you responding to the grace of God given to you in the person and work of Jesus Christ? And that should settle the matter for you. Well, that's been episode number seven of the Growth Factor podcast discussing can a Christian smoke marijuana? We hope that you all were edified and helped through that process. Once you do me a favor and go over and like, subscribe, follow whatever podcast platform you have the podcast and also share it with other people. We also have a Growth Factor group on Facebook. Please go over and join the group. We have a ton of great content over there for you all. Until next time, we'll continue our series. It's not just black and white and continue to talk about another controversial issue that we certainly want to give you some biblical warrant around. Thank you for joining us. We'll see you next go round. This has been The Growth Factor, a broadcast ministry of St. Mark Baptist Church. Be sure to follow this podcast on your favorite podcast platform and join our Facebook group, The Growth Factor, for daily motivational content. Let's keep the conversation going. Thank you for listening.